Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We are excited today because we have Deanna Campisi on. She's with International Lash Masters. Now, if you're not following this page, I highly recommend you do. She gives a lot of great content. And who is Deanna? Well, she actually does um, training for people who want to become educators. She has some free content on her page or website, as well as stuff you pay for. So as someone you really need to follow, especially if you want to move into the education space, she also hosts the Lash Masters Conference that's in Sydney this coming year. Actually, I say every year, but it's, it's, I think it's now her third one. And it's going to be this March 6th in Sydney, Australia. And we're going to be there, God willing, as long as... COVID doesn't wreck everything. So you definitely want to uh, check her out. She also has a lash line called Lash Eyelashes. So she sells products, trainings, all this stuff, guys. And it's a lot of good content. And I've always really appreciated her page. She's really honest and open and shares things that help the industry with no benefit to herself just because she's passionate about our industry. So definitely we want to follow that. But before we get into that, as always, we have announcements, right? And not a lot. So first off, we have our... Tustany's Lash Retention and Styling course is out. All the deets are out there on their Instagram as well as our website and in the show notes here. February 26th, 27th is the next is the first one of the year, and that's going to be with Ali of Lash Anarchist in Scottsdale. And guys, it's going to be amazing. I promise you, if you've been doing lashes at least for a year, this class will change the way you do things. We all are about retention here, and we want you to be able to go longer between clients so you can charge more, get more clients in, and grow your business. And I promise that this will radically challenge everything you think about lashes. Everyone who's taking this is like, okay, it's way more than I expected. Everyone who's taken this course last year, they're like, okay, this really blew their minds. It was not anywhere in the ballpark what they thought. It was in their class, learn a few things, and we completely challenged the way you do lashes. So you definitely want to sign up and get in. Now, if you can't make the February 26th to 27th, we have a lot more. We're going to be in Sydney, by the way, God willing, on March 7th and 8th, and we are looking for still a location there. So if you have a place, please reach out to us. Austin, Texas, April 9th through the 10th. We're going to be at Shelby at Lash Boss Radio. We're going to be there in Texas, April 9th and 10th. We'll be in New York on May 14th, 15th with Stephanie of Fangirl Society, and we'll be back here in Los Angeles June 11th and 12th at Aki Lashes in um, Carson. So, We're really excited to get out there. We have more dates to come later in the year, but for now, we're just trying to fill up these dates, and then we will roll out the next dates later in a a few months from now. But for now, that's it. So definitely go sign up. Also, we have, I think when this comes out, we'll still have our Lash Allergy for sale, and our next webinar, which is in early February, is going to be all about helping you find clients without using Instagram. Like, there's a lot of ways you can get clients. A lot of people just focus on Instagram and think that's all they need to do. Truth is, especially if you're a solopreneur, you can find a ton of clients without Instagram at all. In fact, you can just get off Instagram and probably make yourself happier and less stress and find other ways that are a lot simpler and a lot more time effective. So we'll be sharing that with you, those details, and wait for, we'll soon have those details up so you can buy your tickets for that. And it's really cheap, $67, so it's nothing. All right, guys, that's all announcements I have. Otherwise, we're excited to sit down with Deanna and sit around and talk about what's it like or why it's important for you to build your own training program. Hey guys, welcome. We are in the Lashcast Studios with Deanna Campisi from the International Lash 
Lash Masters. For some reason, that's been very difficult for me, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Guys, it's so exciting to be on. Thank you so much. No, it's exciting to have you on because uh, we've followed you for quite a while, and I know it sounds like you just said you've been listening to us for a while, so it's kind of a mutual affection we've had for both of our companies. A mutual love fest. That's right. And it's past national borders, so it's quite exciting that we are in having these interactions. In fact, as we record this, you're in the future for us. You're in Thursday and we're on Wednesday. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, what is it? How many hours ahead is it? It's, it's Thursday. It's, I know it's Wednesday where you are. Yeah, it's 6.30 p.m. our time, so you tell me. Yeah, so 1.30 p.m. here. Oh, so gosh. we're a little bit yeah, way, that is into ahead. the future. Well, anyhow, we're really excited to have you on because you reached to us, actually, I think over a year and a half, almost two years ago, and asked us to come speak yeah. back in 2021 at your conference. And that, unfortunately, because of COVID and all sorts of craziness, that didn't happen. But then, thank God, you bringing it back this year. So we will be joining you in a couple of months. And yes. so we thought it would be just cool to have you on the show. And also, just because I know you have a lot of experience, a lot of expertise, you share a lot of information online. I know you have a lot of strong opinions, and I appreciate your input and your takes on a lot of things in our lash industry. So I thought today we'd have you come on and talk about two things. One, we'll talk about building lash education in your business and how important that is, as well as then secondly, really talking about your conference, because I think a lot of people are really looking to get out of their house and out of their home this year. There's yes. two years of nothing, right? And they're like ready to go. So excited about that. Yeah. yeah. So we want to talk <laughs> about that and share with people how they can come and be part of this conference that's going to be coming up just in a couple months. So it's really going to be soon. So anyway, before we get into that, why don't we just- Coming up. Yeah. We'll get to that and talk, go into details, but why don't we first just get into training? Because I think this is a, for a lot of people, a very touchy subject. And also there's definitely different opinions and views and I just thought it'd be cool first to start with you and ask about why building a training program is important. I mean, what's the, I mean, because some people just work for themselves. Is it something everyone should do or is it something really everyone should be looking to do one day? Because it could be something, obviously, hopefully build their business. Well, over the last couple of years, we've seen a really massive influx in lash businesses offering education. And I think a lot of people do or don't realize that having lashing skills isn't having educational skills. Mm. You could be the best lash artist on the planet, but when it comes to teaching others how to have those skills, you need skills on how to teach. Yeah. So I think a lot of people assume that if they've got a really successful lash business or if they know how to lash, they can start teaching others. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lack of planning. There's a lack of tasks or structure, comprehensive content, because in their head, they're just assuming that they can pass on everything that they know and it's really easy. But we have to remember yeah. that we're teaching people that have no idea about lashes, have no idea about isolation, you know, have no idea that our adhesive cures and doesn't just dry. So I think since introducing our online course as well, we've had to really strip back and help those lash artists who feel ready to incorporate lash education but need to learn how to set up that structure mm -hmm. to be able to teach others effectively and comprehensively by the time they've finished their course. So really when it comes down to it, like we, like Tustin, I know, learn lashes from someone, but learning to teach is another skill. So you're saying really what we need to be doing is helping people learn how to teach, not just be a great lash artist, but now if you want to be a trainer or a teacher, you need to learn to be a great teacher or trainer. It's just not something that's naturally you're born to do. That's right. So I went to, uh, we call it TAFE here. So it's not university. It's one under where you can do short courses. Mm -hmm. And they have a training and assessment short course where you can learn how to structure a course. And not a lot of people do that. So in Australia, there isn't really that requirement that you need to have that done to do lashes. 
So I felt like when I did completed that course, I realised that there was a massive niche to help others in the lash industry get these skills down pat if they didn't want to go to TAFE and do it themselves. Mm. And at least this way we could focus, I could incorporate the lash content in the, what I learned at TAFE to help others and really narrow down and hone in on what they needed to do to bring their course to life and do it effectively. That's cool. Now, what type of skills would you say people would need to develop? Obviously, speaking in front of people is important, but what type of skills, like you're saying, when you took this course and you learned about teaching and, and developing that curricula? Yeah. yeah, what are some of the skills that people really need to develop where, now where they're probably not even thinking about it? Patience comes to mind quite often because a lot of students may or may not pick up the skills straight away. So you might think that what you're teaching is really simple, but a student, a last student might come back and say, I just can't grasp this. You need to be able to have those person skills to say, you know, take a deep breath or have that patience to really mentor that student to get to the point they need to be at before you move forward and not just think about you rushing through or going through your course without taking those aspects into consideration. Because a lot of last students will either not do lashes after they've completed their course because they feel disheartened. So we, I get contacted all the time saying, I, I did my lash course, I don't know what to do, I don't feel ready, I can't contact my trainer, they're busy. I think that patience is one of the really big things you need to take on and not a lot of people have that. You might have patience to do a lash set, but patience with people is a completely other story. I think that's really important to grasp in this scenario. It's true. And I think that also keeping in mind that people have different learning styles and what may be very clear to one person, like to you, the way that you like to learn may not be pertinent to your student. And the student may be like, I don't even know what language you're speaking. I mean, they won't literally say that, but they're like, I just am not getting it. So patience to be able to flex and to try to get that information that's stuck in your head into the brain of somebody else who may learn different. Yeah, I know with you, Tuss, we sit down, we look at schedules or anything. We plan out anything. I mean, she's like, stop. Just stop talking. I don't have any clue what you're saying right now. No, he'll tell me dates. I have to see it on a calendar and he has to point to the yeah. date. Otherwise, it's like, wah, 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 Even wah. ideas, even ideas. Like, Paul, can you just write that out so I can look at it and process it and think about it? So her learning style is different. I'm very auditory, so I can just listen and I learn. Tuss likes to think about it, process it, and, and all that. It's just very different. So I'm sure. Yeah, I've got a photographic memory. So, oh, yeah, you have for to you. be able to. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to be able to pivot in your course and plan to have those different aspects of learning before you even get into your course. So I always recommend adding little tasks here and there throughout the course as opposed to leaving it towards the end mm. and waiting to the application side of things. Let your students pick, touch the products or maybe provide a demonstration or some role plays, even if it's just to apply iPads on each other, you know, get them familiarized and just incorporate those different learning styles. I think that's really important to think about. Yeah. And to implement those into your training. And that, a lot of times I think with trains people do is they just download everything they ever learned. By the way, I have forget about memory, just so you guys know. That's my memory. Forget about memory. Yeah, forget about it memory. I don't have photographic <laughs> memory. I have forget about it memory. But that said, really thinking about how to engage your students in multiple ways. And then really, I guess for you, you'd probably say, and I think for Tuss, adapting once you start seeing people's styles of learning, realizing someone may need more hands-on or a little bit more explanation while someone else on the, on the other part of the room will be just pick it up like that. That's right. Well, I think that, like you said, you don't want people to just be going through a checklist. That's kind of the sign of a novice trainer. Somebody, But when you are incorporating those tasks, like you suggested, that's the proof in the pudding. You can actually see, 
Are they getting it? Are they grasping it? Do I have to explain it in a different way? It's evidence of a well-rounded or better education. That's right. And a lot of people even say that uh, to me, they're like, why do you want us to put tasks in on the way? Like, what, what's the big deal? Why should we apply iPads and that's it? Because these people, your students have never touched iPads before. Yeah. You don't want them to get to the part where you want them to apply on someone and they're freaking out because they've never had <laughs> hands on Yeah, it, the iPads are a whole nother lesson, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Taping, everything. So I think it's really important to like use those skills throughout the whole course. And you can, like Tuss said, you can stop and watch people what they're doing and see if they're grasping that skill at that point in time before they get to the end of the training. Absolutely. Our thing we always struggle with because we've been in this industry for 17 years is the a, a term, I believe it's called the curse of knowledge. And that's when you know so much, you just assume everyone else knows it too, because we've been in this industry for almost two decades now. And by far the majority of our industry has probably been here less than five years. So they haven't thought about a lot of these things. They haven't wrestled through these things. So for us, it's really easy just to assume Take people, it for granted. Yeah, that they know it. But I think another thing to really look at when you're doing training is to really break it down to the most base element, especially if it's a beginner course, and say, guys, don't assume anything. Like you said, taping the pads down. That's like going to be a really difficult thing the first time. And if yeah. you just assume you just teach them lashes, don't teach them about pads, and they're going to be up a creek when they walk out there. So, Yes, and one of the big dilemmas that's, that I'm hearing going around is people don't even want to learn classic anymore. They want to straight jump into doing pre-makes thinking, I can do it. I'm like, no, you need to do classic. It is a foundation aspect of a lash application. You need to master that first before you can dive right in. And I think that's one thing that I struggle with new lash artists in the industry. I think everyone wants to jump 10 steps and, you know, be that six-figure entrepreneur without stripping back and learning the basics step by step, which is what I, I personally want to help people do properly. So mm -hmm. that's one thing. Yeah, they absolutely have to know classic. I mean, it's going to help you in every application. I mean, and not every eye is going to be the same. I mean, lots of times you're going to be doing classic, maybe in the very inner corner or the outside. So I totally agree with you. It gives you more yeah. tools because if all you're doing is volume or pre-mades without classic, then you don't have solutions available to you that you might need that classic only provides. So it's kind of like lessening your palette. Like you're only taking half a palette. Now. I'm only going to take three colors in my, my paint box. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I guess you can make all different colors through three, but how about <laughs> say, I'm only going to take two, two, colors, two colors, right? Yeah. yeah. Black and white. <laughs> Those aren't colors. Those aren't colors, I know. So, yeah, and I think that's the important thing is to realize that you really want to learn everything. And I know people just want to get that six figure. But the truth is this. I know this with Tusk. I just took a call today from someone who reached out to us who wanted to get in. And the reason why she wanted to come see Tusney is she had heard Tusney does a very natural look. Now, Tusk does pre-made volume, but Tusk can also do classic. And for some of her clients, they don't want the volume. They want very, very minimal looks, very minimal lashes, and classic is how you get that. And they're willing to pay a ton of money for it because we see generally these are very high-end clients that really like the real natural They don't look. want to be outed. They get upset if somebody says, oh, nice lashes. They yeah. want to look so effortless. And it's like I've got clients that are like, my best friend doesn't know. And I'm just like, okay, okay <laughs> that doesn't work for me, but yeah. that works for you, right? Completely understand. It changes on the demographic of who your clients are as well and what they want. So I completely understand. Now, besides patience, what's something else you feel like someone would need to learn, like going or taking training about being a better teacher? Like what other type of skills? You may just give a quick flyby of some other things that they should think about. Well, obviously you have to have a little bit of confidence in yourself and your knowledge. You mm -hmm. need to be able to stand up and know your shit. 
sorry for yeah. swearing, but <laughs> you need to be able to walk into a class and be like, I've got all the experience and knowledge from my career and I'm ready to share it to you. On top of that, you need to be really organized and keep everything simple. So you need to be able to talk with confidence and knowledge, but strip it back to a place where your students will understand without sounding convoluted. Yeah, I have always heard this. And not university level, but I know like a lot of politicians and at least in the United States, they talk about real, they need to speak at like a fifth grade level because that allows everyone into the conversation. If you speak at collegiate level, you're going to lose people and your goal is not to lose people. Your goal is to educate and train people. So you do need to speak a little bit more simply, a little bit more basic. And of course, if you have that super nerd in the room who just loves this stuff, maybe afterwards you can chat more and give them some of the deets and some of the real details that they want. But when it comes to educating, that means like taking complex ideas and making them super simple is like the magic of a great teacher. Yeah. And I believe that if you're going to teach as well, you need to have that mentor role. You need to be available to the student after. So you need to be able to have that care factor, like that whole, that mothering nature to make sure your student is ready to go on their own journey without them feeling daunted or going off to find other people that can help them. So I think that's another, that nurturing um, side of you needs to come out as well with teaching. So yeah, I think that's really important to incorporate. I more look at the personal side of it because I just assume that if you want to teach that you have the knowledge ready to go and the structure. But when it comes to your students, you need to be able to understand that there are different levels to learning. So when they come in, they're unconsciously incompetent. I think that's what the term mm-hmm. is. So I <laughs> oh, think I that. that you need to remember that they need to hear. So repetition, they need to hear what you're telling them three or four times and get that skill before they become like us, which is unconsciously competent. So I think that's really important to understand as well. That's great. And you said something earlier too, I want to follow up on that I thought was really good is the whole idea of being available. I think I've heard this a lot. I used to use the term drive-by training where someone flies in, trains, and flies out, and you'll never hear from them again. They'll never respond to your DMs. They'll never email you back. And that's something you're taking on as a responsibility as a trainer that you're, this person is now your mentoree, right? Your job is now to give back to them. They've paid you probably a lot of money for that training. And so for you to say, I don't have time for you is, is ridiculous. No, no, that's part of the whole package is that you are available. Yeah, and if you're going to set your business up as an academy and have an academy in the name, you need to provide all aspects of an academy. So you have to act like you're a university or a school. You have to have support and all those other options and additional merits and things besides the course that you're actually teaching. You can't just send people in their way. Now, in Australia, do you need to set up an official school with your state? Within our VET system, you have to set yourself up as a registered training organisation. However, to get the licence for that is quite difficult. And there is only one unit relating to eyelash extensions within our vocational education (laughs) system. And it is very outdated. It's probably, it looks like something we would have gone through when we first started lashing. So there's no volume specific training or requirements, which is why a lot of people don't go that path and just simply offer in-house training. Um, so that's why we wanted to give some guidance to those who weren't going to go down that route because it is quite expensive and not a lot of people do it anymore. No, I could see that. And it's mixed here in the United States. Some places require licensing for training, some do not. And some don't even require licensing for lashes, sadly. There's not just, like, I don't know how many states, but I believe there are a couple that you don't have to be licensed. You can just do lashes, whatever. It doesn't matter what type of background you have. In Texas, they need it, don't they? Yes. Well, then Texas is the only state I know of right now where you actually have to get a, you, um, an esthetician, not esthetician, it's a, there's actually a specific, a lashing license that you can get now with 300 hours. 
And uh, oh, Shelby right. from Last Boss Radio just opened up her own academy or university, I think she's calling it. And she's doing that. And yeah. it's been going really well. And so Texas is great. We would love to see more of that in the United States. I think Iowa as well. Iowa? But yeah, maybe there's someone, maybe someone who's listening. If you have it in your state, let us know. I'd love to know what states are doing this and which aren't. I believe like Alaska, last I checked, doesn't have any licensing. My next question I want to ask is, when should people start thinking about training? When, when is a good time when they're like, you have the skills to be a trainer? Like a self-quiz kind of. Yeah. I think it is when your books are full. It is when people are asking you about like through your socials and things like that, where you did your training, whether they're commenting on how much education they're seeing from you, what you're posting, and they're really intrigued and they're asking you, hey, can you, do you teach? So when people start to approach you and ask you for whether it's advice from other lash artists or people that want to get into the lash industry, I think that's a good time to start looking at it. And you need to be ready within yourself, I believe. So I didn't do lash training for a few years. I don't do it anymore at the moment, but I had imposter syndrome for so long because I always thought there was something more to Mm, learn. And I always felt I probably was in a position where I could have trained at that time. But I always felt like there's so much to learn in the industry. I don't want to disappoint people if I miss out on something crucial that they can learn. So in addition to that, I think also because in the lash industry, you deal with people all the time and you meet a lot of people. Once you've gone through that and can talk about those aspects of business with your students as well, that's a good time to like think about it. Because if they ask you questions about running a lash business as well as lash skills, you know what to expect. You can tell them about really horrible clients and what to do. You can tell them about online booking or what to avoid and how to market yourself. But you only learn those things when you go through it yourself. You have to have some experience, real bona fide experience underneath your belt in order to pass on that information to other people. Yeah, there's no set time, but I do see a lot of people trying to start training even before one year passes. And that always makes me cringe a little bit. It's like, man, you've only been doing last year for six months and you're now trying to be a trainer. I just think that you, you need to be patient. If you really want to be a good trainer, you first need to become a great lash artist. It just seems like that we'd only hire people with one year experience and we never felt like anyone was really great at what they did until their first or second year with us. So we felt like people reached two or three years before they were at a place where they were really competent, could handle any problem that came through the door. And that's when you could say, okay, maybe you can start teaching. But I loved what you said about being fully booked out because obviously you have traction and people like you. And also I love the idea that people need to reach out to you and be, hey, I, I saw your work. It's amazing. Where do you go? What do you, how do you do that? And I think that's great. And then lastly, I also love the point about, and you're educating. Like, I think if you really want to be a teacher, you need to start just giving away your information and not just hide it all behind you and say, what glue do you use? Well, I'm not going to tell you until you take my class. I'm like, it's a shut up. <laughs> People need to see your personality. Everyone's different and everyone what runs their business differently and everyone's got a different personality. So the more you put out on your social media and how you present yourself, how you talk, if you're a laid back person, if you're really stringent with what you're, well, it depends on your, I think people will come to you if they can relate to you, if they feel comfortable to you. I prefer like when I see someone that's professional, but a little laid back and easy, like easily approachable, I'm more inclined to talk to them. Whereas I know some people want that prim, proper, professional look. You know, it Mm -hmm. depends on your personality. So people need to see that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I I think of the lead trainers, big training companies and lash companies in the United States. And some companies are really like closed lip, don't share anything. And yet they're still growing. And then there's other companies that untamed artistry, go out and share everything and just support everyone. I think Lash Base yeah, exactly right. you know, does, shares tons of information. A lot of these companies do, and their companies have totally flourished too. So I, I think you're right. I think it really needs to reflect your brand and your personality. I do think, though, in the long run, the companies that give away information and, and not charge for everything 
are going to win. Yeah. Generally. generally because speaking. I think it, it casts a wider net. People are like, oh, you know, more intrigued. Yeah, I've shared this before in our podcast, but with authors, you'll see authors all basically promote each other all the time. Book and now, now they're competing for sales, book sales, and they also go out and share on podcasts their What's whole book. What's in the book? Yeah. They'll just show up on the podcast and share like their key points in their book, and then guess what happens? Everyone goes buys the book. So it's not like the information makes the training invaluable. If anything, it makes the training more valuable because if they love what you said on a podcast or they love what they saw on your Instagram or YouTube channel, they're like, oh my gosh, if we give away this for free, imagine what they're giving away, what they pay for. Exactly right. right. Yeah, it's like giving them a finger and they come for the whole hand or giving them a piece of cake and they come for the whole cake That's afterwards. Right. You, you, but yeah, you have to show what you're going to give out because that, that'll entice them to come to you to see what else you know. So, so, so you feed people fingers? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. That was a really bad analogy. I think that was my nerves. I thought of the cake thing afterwards. Yeah. I thought it was cute. I feed them my finger and then I give them my hand. All right, here we go. Awesome. Horrible. Well, one other thing too, as far as why I think building a business is, or why doing training is really good, because I don't think a lot of people think of this. They think always about doing training so that they can, you know, make money going around traveling or having people come to their salon and train. Also, if you ever want to have a staff, you better become a good trainer because yeah, otherwise you, you can't really run a staff. What are you going to do? Just, and I've seen this where people walk in, they get hired by, I had some of our team that said this. They go, yeah, I got hired. And they literally said, there's your bed. Good luck. And you're like, what? That blows my mind when people tell me stories like that, because I'm thinking, how in the world are you able to guarantee the quality of that? If an employee has never been taught how, what is your standard, how are they supposed to replicate that? And then you're just going to trust that somehow they know how to do it. It's crazy to me. Yeah. No matter what career, you're always, you always go through an induction. Mm -hmm. Even if you've got the skills, you always run through how the company does something and what their protocols are. So I believe that when you are hiring lash artists, even if they're the most brilliant lash artist there is, I think that you should run through how you run your salon and how you run your training and how you service your clients. It's really important. So it's all in sync and coherent. Yeah. We actually did, we shut down for basically, was it eight hours, half a day, basically, uh, once a month. And we use that time for training our staff. We Tustany would sit down. It wasn't always last training. A lot of times it was product training. It was customer service training. It was whatever training we could come up with. We mixed it up all year. But making training an important part of your business, if you want to have a team, means you're investing in your team. And I think a lot of people don't think of that when they or think about, wow, I want to be a trainer. It's like, you know what? Learn how to train. In fact, maybe your best way to learn how to be a good trainer is hire staff, practice on them. And then if you really are good, then you can move on and train others. But that's kind of like how we handled it. But just a, th a thought that I, I wasn't sure a lot of people always yeah. think about why like, training is actually, there's more than one benefit just making money on. You can actually build a team. That's right. What are your thoughts about when it comes to building your manual? Because this is a big one. I know there's some people that actually don't let people take manuals home. Like they'll just yeah. give out a manual and then they'll say, no, you have to turn your manual back in at the end of the class. We're not fans of that ourselves because I just think that. You're investing in. in, in yeah, they're paying yeah. a lot of money. And, and people are different kind of learners. It's like what you expect them to absorb that in the time that they're with you. It's like cookbooks. You have to go back. You have to remember. That's right. You have to you know? go over it. I saw your point before about looking at other people's manuals yeah. and information. I don't think you should copy, Yeah, but I, I think that with all the information that there is out there, I think before you teach something, maybe it is a good reference point to go back over something you saw in the past or maybe your, your manual and look at some information and think, wow, that was really good. I would really love to pass that bit on to my students 
Or maybe you decide you want to elaborate on certain things that weren't in specific uh, manuals or information pieces that you've seen. I've read heaps of blogs to make sure that if I want to pass on some information that I've got everything down pat. Take notes, but I, I think you should always bring it back to what works for you and you deliver original content, even if you have taken inspiration off others, because we are all learning off each other. Mm-hmm but I wouldn't straight flat out use someone else's manual. I don't think that's right. Yeah. yeah. I like what you said because everything that we've learned or everything that we pass on to other people has been, has come from what we've seen and heard before. So oftentimes I will use the table of contents or, or something like that as a point of reference for how I order, how I'm going to explain something or how I'm going to cover something. And we do that every time we read a blog, like you said, and you think, oh, that was helpful. Maybe I'm going to put it in this order, but we're not talking about stealing or or copying, but we're talking about using it as a structure, a means to help build your manual and your order out. Yeah. And I don't think manuals should be uh, too comprehensive either. I don't think they should be like textbooks. I've seen a couple of people's manuals where there's just slabs and slabs of information. I think that there should be brief and succinct little pieces of information with more diagrams. And then you elaborate on those points within your own training, because that's where you will shine as an educator. And then from that point, allow your students to take notes on the points in the manual. So you know that they're engaging within the content you're teaching within class. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that because again, the curse of knowledge comes in when you just download everything. And I know that's something that we struggle with. I mean, Right now, our last allergy course is two and a half hours. <laughs> and I know people take it and some people never get through it because it's two and a half hours. And I'm finding that we've thought about doing a, trying to find a way to do that course light, like a, just the bare bones, what you have to know, not everything that needs to be in it. And I think that's the struggle with teachers is that we think often, I just want to download everything I've ever learned in my life. And the student's like, ah, that's too much information. You know, so yeah, just pull it back give them what they absolutely need. And then over the years, they'll grow and they'll learn more stuff as they go. I think that's good advice. When it comes to pricing, how do you go about thinking about pricing? Because is it something would you advise if someone's new at training that they go a little more cheap or should they just go right out and say, I'm going to charge $2,000 for a training course or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. you think? How do you advise people to go about that? First and foremost, I make sure people cover their costs. So I make sure people are working out. I'm really horrible at accounting myself, but You can't do roundabout figures like, oh, the lash kit cost about this much. You have to actually sit down and work out your costs, whether it be your overheads for your building or the space you're using, the equipment and all those things. Beyond that, I think you should market yourself um, by looking at other lash businesses in your area or around even in the whole city and just see how you want to market yourself and to what demographic of people you want to market to and then take into consideration your experience and what you feel you're worth. Don't go underneath the bar because you're going to attract the wrong type of students. So I think that's important to take into consideration. And I also don't think that you should put yourself at the highest level and think that you're going to, you know, get those $5,000 students straight off the bat because people will look at you like, who are you? Just ease into it, but don't be too cheap and just be a little bit modest. But I think taking those things into consideration is important. It's kind of like lashing, right? When you start out, you're not going to be charging exactly. at least you know, say three, four, five hundred $500 for a new set. You're going to start out, you know, $100, $200. And then as you get that confidence and if demand comes, you can raise more. And I think the same thing would be in training. When if you go out and you're like, I want to be like uh Elena and charge $3,000 for a training. And you're like, wait, no one's signing up. It's all cricket. <laughs> it depends on how many days you're training as well. So if you're doing a three-day course and you say you get, when you start off, you have one student, 
is that three-day training with that one student worth you taking three days off your lash clients as well? That's what another thing you can take into consideration. Yeah, yeah. If you make, let's say, $500 a day working in your salon and you're now doing a course for $600 and it's like over three, three days, days, you're yeah. like, uh, that's working backwards, guys. You're not going to make any money. You should, right. you should at least make minimum what you make uh, for that time off. So that's a good point. That's a good, at least way, I think, way to market and, and track it. What are some things you feel like people should avoid as far as when they're thinking about building their training? Like there's probably some red flags or things that you'd be like, don't do this. Please don't do that. One day courses. I hate one day courses. (laughs) That is the first and foremost thing I tell everyone. Please do not come to me saying you want to do a one day course Mm -hmm. for many, many reasons. And I think that it's getting that that message is getting through to a lot of people now. There's just not enough time. There is not enough time. You cannot go through adhesives within five minutes. You cannot go through a full set of lashes in an hour. You might be able to, which is kind of rushed anyway, but you need to be able to let your students go away, come back, you know, absorb the content whilst learning, getting confidence in the application skills. So that's my number one pet peeve and thing (laughs) I tell people to avoid. And I also don't like courses that mix uh, but this is my personal take on it. I don't like courses that mix skills. Okay. So I don't, I don't. I just don't think you should incorporate a classic and a volume or a classic and a pre-made. I think that you should. Your students should be able to, uh, you know, master classic. Go away for whether it be a couple of months. You know, practice on models. Start doing clients. You know, family and friends. Then come back when they're ready, when they can hold their tweezers properly and are ready to advance their skills. I don't think it should be, you know, smashed out in three or four days because. Yeah. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I agree with you. I know some brands have do that and more power to them. Like you said, this is a preference. But at the same time, I see the benefit would be much better for the student to learn one skill, go home, practice it. In fact, when we did trainings, I think like seven, eight years ago, we did trainings, a month-long training. It was crazy. We were, they would come in on a Sunday. They would, it was all theory on that Sunday. Then Monday would be all hands-on. And then they'd come in the following three Mondays. In between classes, we'd tell them, go home, practice with models and then come back and we'll test you the next week to see how you've grown. The only problem with that model is four months or four weeks. It was only once a week, but still most people were like, it was really logistically hard. It was hard for people to to do, which is sad because we really did want to do what you're saying is really invest and get them really mastering that one skill. Like you said earlier, it's like when they're finished with the class, we want them to be able to do something with it. Not just think, Oh, I'm not ready. You know, that's exactly not what you want from your students. Mm. How would you say for people who are thinking about going to training, what are some ways that they can maybe differentiate or make their training stand out? Is there any thoughts that you have on that? Besides, are you saying with like branding and things like that? Yeah, maybe, because you know, yes. again, just like lashes, if, if all, everyone just says, I do the best lashes, well, then they're just going to go to the cheapest person usually, right? So it's like, yeah. what you want to do is find, yeah, something that's unique that makes your training maybe, like when we first started like eight years ago, we did. We said we were a month-long training. It was five classes over four weeks, and we really tried to sell that. It was not an easy sell because everyone would say, I love the idea, but I just don't have the time to do, commit to that. So we eventually tabled that way. We did for like a year, and then after a year, we said, okay, this is not doable. And then we tried actually, I think it was a month-long training, like in-house, like you <laughs> – we were going to do a, we had a back room training there. We we're going to say, you can come in for f- four straight weeks and train. That didn't work. And then we talked to Borberletta, Kim, and they tried the same thing. It didn't really work. So, no trial and error. Yeah, a lot of we'll trial and error on our side. You and your business. Yeah. yeah so, I, I don't know if you've so. thought about this, but maybe what are some things that you would advise people like, hey, how can you stand out and be different from all the other trainers on the market? 
when you're structuring your course and you're going through, you know, all the content and things, I think it's important to differentiate by incorporating activities that other people wouldn't necessarily include within their course. Something exciting, maybe interactive with your students a little bit more. Maybe just try to avoid the status quo of like, you know, this is a C curl, this is a D curl, this is just try and do something different. And like I mentioned before, the way you market yourself online to people is one, your personality, but two, try to show that your course is different because you get your students to play role play on each other during the course. It's not just you standing up at the front being, you know, lash boss, but you're getting your students involved throughout the whole process. And maybe look at having students come in to do like testimonials live with your current students. So I think doing things like that. Yeah, that's great. I I love that. In fact, getting them, like showing video, like I think just recording stuff, like have a video camera there, record your class and show how it's different. Because most people, when they do videos and you see trains, it's just someone hovering over someone doing lashes. That's it. That's all you ever see. But if you showed people interacting, kind of like you think like Tony Robbins videos where they're all like high-fiving and everyone's excited and you're learning, you're interacting. It's like, it looks like a fun educational time. I think that would be a great way to set yourself apart as well as telling people that, you know, we have different ways of learning, like practical ways of learning, not just you're going to just sit there over a doll head for, you know, eight hours and, and look at it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like have it have an information session before the training. Show that you've got you have you invite people to come in for free to, you know, see if your course is right for them, or maybe a video showing your students or get gathering around, you know, a grazing board table or something that you're having some fun together as well. I don't know. Everyone's different what works for them. No, I think it's a great idea. When this is a big ticket item, and just expect people to go to your website and buy a one thousand, two thousand, whatever dollar class without interacting with you is silly. So informational meetings or set up a Q&A times or say, hey, you know, I'm always say, you know, call me on these days. I'm in the office, doing, you know, basically here to answer questions and, and help you with your career. I think you'll build that trust and then people will want to jump in and try your training. So those are all great <laughs> ideas. Well, we should probably pivot before it gets too late here, but I'd love to talk about your Sydney Lash Conference or not the Sydney Lash Conference, the Lash Masters. I keep getting it wrong. I'm so bad. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. It's coming. It's actually we like coming. It's fingers. It's gonna happen. It's yeah, gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so it's on the sixth of March, and we're having it at the Ridges World Square, which is in Sydney, the Sydney CBD. We have been postponed twice now due to COVID, so I, I'm getting the jitters now because it's coming up. But yeah. this is our second conference. So I'm well more prepared now and I've had a lot of time to get everything ready. Super excited. We've got Blaze Lloyd from La Shiva in Canada coming. I'm yes. really, really excited to meet her. She's amazing. Uh, she is amazing. She's so young and she's dedicated. Like she's just really determined with her lash business and I love that. We have Nina Andrews from Lashes on Point Salon, which is a Melbourne salon. She's a master volume trainer, so she always provides really high-quality content. So really happy to have her on board as a speaker and a sponsor. And we have Tatiana Ameva from Million Lashes Prone, based in Miami. And we have Anne-Marie Lorenzini from Untamed Artistry now. Mm -hmm. I think she was working for herself, but now she's under Cheryl's brand. Mm -hmm. And Anna Anna Timonina from, I think she's based in New York. She's designer pro lashes. So super excited about that. She was at LashCon, actually. (laughs) She's a doll. She's great. She's fantastic. I'm really excited to have, uh, and you guys, of course. Oh, what? We're going to be there? No. Yeah, we're going to be there. With bells on. <laughs> so excited about you guys. Yes. So really, really pumped about this. We've got we've sold over a hundred tickets so far, which is more awesome. than our first one. Yeah, we didn't really have to put out a lot of marketing because there isn't many events in Australia like this. So mm. 
that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it was because I know there's a lot of really highly skilled lash artists and entrepreneurs here and I wanted to provide that platform for them to get involved and network with other people within the industry and open the doors internationally for them. So that's why I wanted to have that here, but mainly just for uh, the lash community to get together as well because I feel like lashing is really an isolated business if you're on your own not everyone has a staff so staff or team so coming together and meeting everyone I think it breaks those barriers where you see other lash artists competition as well so that's a really important factor to me so that's why I wanted to hold it that is one of the best reasons because we do we work alone in a room and you feel cut off and it's hard to connect with people in your area because you do look at them like competition So kind of going out of your comfort zone, this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about coming to Australia is because it's far away, but I know that they're going to be, it's going to be filled with like-minded people, people that have the same passion, the same go, the same drive to do the best work that they can to be the best in their business. And I want to rub shoulders with those people. It's like iron sharpening iron. I need that charge. And so I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so excited that you're coming. Yeah, our two favorite moments from last year was going to the Scottsdale conference, which was the beginning year, and then LashCon at the end of the year. And because of that, those two bookends, it was like, it was just a great way to connect and be with people. And if you're in, actually, well, you hopefully we're flying to Australia. So if you're thinking about it, you can go to Australia too, but especially if you're missed everything in the United States this last year, you know, make that trip out there. But I think it's going to be amazing. The fact that, that is my goal. Else, my yeah. goal is to come to LashCon when we're allowed to. I think we can now. So maybe hopefully by your next one, we'll still be allowed to go, but that's the plan. Yeah, no, hopefully you'll be here. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, a lot of people already have a hundred. So that's amazing. I think you're still going to sell a lot more tickets tickets in the next two months. So yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting to last minute just to make sure that there's no restrictions because Perth or Western Australia are still locked in their state. So they're not allowed to leave their state. So I know a lot of people over there are waiting for that restriction to come down so they can attend. So yeah, we're, we're expecting an influx of tickets towards the end of this month in February. So wow. it's awesome. should be one of the biggest conferences. in. I mean, really most conferences are like 50 to hundred people. So if you break a hundred, you're already in the you know, very top levels of uh, conference or last conferences, that is. <laughs> Are we? Oh, that's nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. Okay, real quick, tell me what the weather's going to be like in March. It'll be just hitting the end of summer, so it'll still be nice and warm. Okay. But I think, I don't know Fahrenheit, but around 25 degrees Celsius. Okay. That's freezing in Fahrenheit. <laughs> no, I think that's kind of like 80 Wow, degrees. it's like winter down there already. I don't understand. It's balmy. It's good. It's like a nice warm but not hot day. But yeah. we're near, because um, the Sydney has a lot of bays in the harbour, there might be a little bit of wind, but okay. it, should, it should be really nice weather. It's just the end of summer, so... It should I be can't great. wait. I can't wait to, to meet her. I want to climb the bridge. I'm from Melbourne, so I'm not from Sydney. So oh. going to Sydney, I am a tourist as well. So I, I'm dying to climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> I've been on my bucket list for a while. So if you're more than welcome to join, if you'd like Ooh, to join me. Maybe yeah, we're will. there for, I think we're there for 12 days. I forget how long we're there for. but yeah, we're perfect. We're, yeah, vacay. We're just going to do a vacation and just go around and see stuff. You know what we are looking for? Is we are looking for somebody who has a salon that we could do a training. Yeah. Right after the... Oh, yes, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I put feelers out. Well, I've got a few people that have the equipment because they tend to rent conference rooms and things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm with the salon as of yet. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. We keep putting it out there. If not, you know, I'll start calling people or emailing people and just like threatening them. That's true. I'm going to show up your salon and we're going to do a a training, whether you like it or not. A takeover training. Yeah, that's it. That's the way it works. So cool. Well, how can people find out about the conference? Where do they go and how they can find out more about you and all that? 
Sure. If anyone is interested in the conference, they can head to sydneylashcon.com. There's a list of speakers on there. I will be updating it shortly with everyone's topics once they're all locked in and a day itinerary. And you can also purchase tickets through there as well. We've got Afterpay available and tickets are 330 Australian dollars. So I think that's about 250 oh, USD. It's super affordable. Bargain. That's fantastic. We just wanted to make this a lot more available to those Accessible. wanting to come and get included. We didn't want to exclude anyone. So mm-hmm. I think that's fair with the education that's being provided and the sponsors and all the work they're doing. So yeah, we put it at that price point and it seems to have worked really well. As far as my business is we are the international lash masters on instagram um most of our content we base it in our bio now and you know link tree mm-hmm. just click that and our courses and information is straight there it's a lot easier and it just links back to my um my other lash business which is lashed eyelashes so it's it's simple online it probably sounds a little bit convoluted the way i just said it but uh <laughs> International Lash Masters on Instagram, that's us. Yeah, no, it's a great page to follow. And I know you post some really good content and you have, at times you come up with these very strong opinions about stuff, which I always love to see because I feel like I'm seeing people be passionate about our industry is good because it means you care. I love to see that people, when they care and take time out of their life just to give out stuff without any payment or any money or anything like that. You're just like, I'm just doing this because I want to protect or engage or help people. I love talking to people. I actually like you ask anyone. I reply to DMs at like midnight sometimes. <laughs> and I, if there's a new lash artist, they can send me voice messages saying, hey, I need help with this. I'm more than happy to help. It's like, that's one of the things that bring, I like helping people. So cool. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of this industry. I just want to eradicate all the nastiness, which is probably a mission and a half. <laughs> but I, I think we're creating a really good community in Australia at the moment with the International Lash Masters. So I just want to help people. And if people are seeing a benefit from whether it be coming to our event or our course or just um, immersing with our content online, that makes me happy. Yeah, we're really aligned with you on that. We we share the same DNA. So we want to yeah. do everything that we can to encourage people to, you know, in your neck of the woods, reach out to you because you've got some great res- resources available. Well, I think what we want to do is bring all the American nastiness and drop it off in Australia. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that, no. Can we do the same to you? No. Sure, yeah. When you come in the last con, you can do the same. We'll just trade nastiness and say, we'll enjoy Australian nastiness just for, you know, it'll be fun. A different flavor. <laughs> Different accent. I try to put my hands on my ears when someone messages me, asking me, is such and such coming to the conference? I don't want them there. I'm like, I don't want to know. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. <laughs> none of my business. No, yeah. I don't want to know. Mm-mm. No, I don't want yeah. yeah. Thank. Oh, man, I have not had that. Thank God I have not had that issue yet. But maybe we will this next one because I can see why people no. be like worried about that. But not going right. to hear it. Not yeah. going to see it. Not going to play those games for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your middle of your day to come and hang out with us. Thank our, you. This has been great. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again in just a couple months. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye. guys that's a wrap that's it we are done we are out of here thank you so much for tuning in i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast podcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my last pancake tusney as well as our special guest deanna campisi i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you have a friend in the lash industry